He knew that pleasing God would require faith. And uh, for those that cometh to God, they had to believe that He is. He is what? He is God. And He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. That if you ask Him, if you petition Him, if you give Him the opportunity that He will reward. He will answer. He will come through. And so what stands out to me uh, in the 51 years that I had my father is that he was a man of faith. A man of faith. Nothing, I don't even remember a time in my life that anything rattled him. That any situation shook him. That anything that came to him, expected or unexpected, caused him to waver or bow or stumble. He just looked at it with a bold determination and faith that God is able to handle the situation no matter how great that is. I pray that somehow that kind of faith would get a hold of us today. Amen. That we would look at whatever we're facing and know that God is more than able to handle that situation. My father was a man of faith. Another thing that stands out to me about my dad was his uh, love for souls, for people, for humanity. He, he loved unconditionally, and he loved people equally. It did not matter uh, their social status. It did not matter their economic status. It did not matter uh, what ethnic background they came from. He loved all people unconditionally and equally. And he was relentless in his pursuit of souls. That, that, that he, he would reach for people, minister to people, witness to people, talk to people, pray people through to the Holy Ghost, baptize people wherever, whenever. It did not matter. Souls consumed my father's life every day that he lived in serving God and involved in ministry he was concerned about souls he prayed about it he reached for people I saw my father give people the coat off of his back I saw him give away everything that he had on numerous occasions to help people no matter where they were. They didn't have to be a Christian. They didn't have to be attending his church. He didn't have to know them to help them. If he saw a need, he helped them. He gave money. He gave time. He gave counsel. He did whatever he could to help people. My father loved souls. I saw it on this side of the world. I saw it on the other side of the world. I saw it in places where his love was accepted and I saw it in places where his love was not accepted, but that didn't stop him from trying. I saw him minister to people on airplanes and in airports and in taxis and on the side of the road and on little uh, food stands and in crusades and little grass and mud huts and places that we traveled overseas together. I saw him walk into homes and into churches and minister to people. He loved souls. And, and, and folks didn't have to be right 
They didn't have to have it all together. They didn't need to know all the Christian jargon. They didn't have to be able to quote verses. All they needed to do was give him an opportunity and he would love them like they had never been loved before. He would show them concern and compassion like he like they had never felt in their lives. The Bible said in James 5 Verse number 19, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. My dad was about saving souls from death. My dad was about covering multitudes of sin. It didn't matter what people brought to my dad. He was born in a different time and uh, raised up in a different day. But it did not matter their sin. It did not matter their addiction. It did not matter their fault. It did not matter what they were dealing with. He loved them anyway. Even when he couldn't even understand what they were talking about. When he couldn't even rationalize what they were saying they were coming from. He loved them anyway. God, help us to love people. Help us not to qualify every people and decide what kind of love we're going to show to to whom, but help us just to love people because you love them, because God loves them, and because we have an opportunity. My father displayed the hands and feet and voice of the Lord every day. He couldn't go to bed at night without having talked to someone that day about God. There were many times that he would leave the house just to go find somebody to talk to them about God. He couldn't think and even imagine going to bed at night without having spent a few moments that day with some stranger telling them about God. That's just the way he exemplified life before me. That's what I saw every day of my life in their home. My dad reaching for people, embarrassing us in restaurants, embarrassing us in places of business, acting like everybody in the world ought to know him, and he wanted to get to know them and share the love of Jesus with them. He was a unique man. He went to preach one time in Memphis. And uh, in Memphis, there's a hotel... The hotel is the Peabody, and if you've ever been there, it's, it's quite a hotel to see, and, and there's a lot of pomp and circumstance and tradition and things that happen in that, that hotel. At a certain time of the day, they have, they have ducks that uh, they roll the red carpet out for, and ducks literally take a walk on the red carpet. It's quite interesting, and my dad always liked the finer things, at least uh, if he could get his hands on them. And what was interesting about that is whatever he got, he'd always give it away. He never, he never kept anything, but um, uh, he was going to preach in Memphis, and, and uh, the man that he was preaching for decided uh, that he would keep my dad or put my dad in that hotel, the Peabody, for the few nights that he was going to to be there in revival. And so uh, when they got to the Peabody, it, my dad was taken back with all of the beauty and everything that was transpiring there. And they were walking through the uh, lobby, happened to pass by 
the uh, restaurant and I guess a bar area that you could see into. And there was quite a crowd that had gathered in this area and they were talking to one specific person. And my dad had no clue who the person was or what everyone was about. But he liked crowds and he liked people. And so he slowed down to see what was going on. And the pastor that he was with recognized the individual and said to my dad, you know who they're talking to? And my dad said, no, no, I don't know who they're talking to. And the pastor said, that's George Brett. And, and that was in the day that George Brett was still uh, a, quite a household name for uh, Major League Baseball. And everyone knew who George Brett was but my dad. He didn't really care much about uh, uh, status and name and it didn't matter to him if you were a president or a ball player, an actor, a politician. He treated everybody the same and all he knew was there were a lot of people trying to get this man's autograph and uh, they were trying to talk to this man and the pastor had slowed down long enough to tell him he's a major league baseball player. Everybody knows who George Brett is. And when the pastor looked back, my dad had walked through the crowd, made his way to where George Brett was, had no idea who he really was. And my dad was introducing himself to George Brett. Like, I know everybody wants to meet you, but you want to meet me. My name is Robert Mitchell. And he went to George Brett. The pastor told me the story later and said it was hilarious. George Brett didn't even know what to do when your dad walked up to him and out of the blue just started talking to him about God. <laughs> that was my dad. It didn't matter. It didn't matter to him. He, everyone, everyone was the same and everybody needed to know who Jesus was. Amen. He loved souls. He loved souls. I saw, I saw him... Stay up night after night reaching for people. And I saw him give everything to help people. The, uh, the, the next thing that stands out to me is his, is his manner of giving. And I, I mentioned that a few moments ago. Uh, my, my father's commitment to giving was something that, that could not be negotiated. It wasn't a business deal for him. It was a commitment he made and he lived by it. When, when the greatest of blessings came his way and when the, uh, the smallest of benefits came his way, he gave. He was a man of giving. It's what he did first. It's what he did faithfully. It's what he did with everything that came into his life. He gave. He honored God. He honored God with His tithe. And I can't even tell you the amount of times that, that I heard my father talk about tithe and offering. I, I, I don't even know uh, if, I, if I would have the time today to go through all of the stories. He told a story about when it, it, it was real for him being raised in a small little Louisiana town a drought had come and uh, it was quite a poor community and, and people were struggling to survive and, and there wasn't a Walmart to run to at that time or a grocery to get to. Um, life was tough and he, he began to tell how um, his mother, who was a, a, a faithful Baptist lady, my father was raised in a Baptist home, um, and she, she would give of everything that she had. My grandmother 
a grandmother made quilts, and uh, those quilts were the kind that I'm still fond of even today. You look back on those kind of quilts. A few days ago when we were with my wife's uh, mother, my mother-in-law, uh, somebody had put a quilt on her, and I, I, it just kind of felt better to me in that room from a couple of weeks ago when I was there. It was more of the, the nursing home and what they provide, and, and that's nice, and it's fine, and, and my father-in-law's paying a lot of money for that, but, uh, but, but I, when I went in this past week, somebody had taken a, a quilt and laid it on her bed. It just kind of felt like home. It just, I just liked it when I walked in the room in the presence of everything else going on. That quilt really stood out to me, and I think it's because I was raised with my grandmother and my aunts uh, making quilts, and when we would get those things, those were the kind you wanted to crawl under and take a nap under. Those were the ones you wanted on your bed, all this new stuff. I, it's okay, we'll get by with it, but I kind of like some of that, that older stuff. But my, my grandmother tithed on everything that she had. She tithed even when it was uh, literally just a few cents, just pennies in the eyes of others. She, she would tithe. But the community had come under a, uh, some, some real drought and they were suffering and there were uh, families back in those days. The families were quite large and children were, were, were going without nourishment. And my grandmother began to pray and she prayed, God, I've been faithful in giving. I've been faithful in tithing. I've been faithful in offerings and, and we need something. We need a miracle. We need you to move in this community. We need you to do something. Our families are suffering. Our children are going uh, without nourishment and, and we want you to come through. I know you can do this and, and my dad told the story of how the next day the next day, uh, an old milk cow showed up, just walked up on the property from, from nowhere. <laughs> uh, 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 here is a cow that has uh, enough milk to take care of their family and enough milk to take care of the families around them. My grandmother began to pray, and because she had been faithful and honored God, God sent a cow walking over the hill that they didn't know where the cow came from. It didn't have any kind of identification on it. They, they had no clue where it wandered in from, but it stayed with them until the community could get back on its feet, produced milk for their family and everyone around until things were better. And my dad would tell the story how one day the cow turned around and walked away and never came back again. Come on, God will take care of you. I said, God will take care of you. Uh, I, I'm going back a couple generations. It was something that was so ingrained in my dad that he honored God with everything that came into his life. Whatever increase came to him, it didn't matter if it was $10 or $10,000 or $100,000, he always honored God. I want to tell you, when you honor God and you give faithfully and it is your first fruit and it is something that you are committed to and it's non-negotiable in your life, God will bless you when times get tough. God will come through for you when you don't know how you're going to make it. I, I, I just want to say this real quickly here and I'll move on. 
But over the last year, Lisa and I have absorbed a tremendous amount of expense trying to get back and forth to my ailing father and her ailing mother. We're we're flying back and forth many times, not just Lisa and I, but even our daughters flying from other states and trying to get them there and back and forth. And when you're traveling, it's not just airfare. There's times that that we have to rent cars and there's times that we have to rent hotels and there's times that that this expense, I don't even, I, I, I mean, I could probably figure it out, but just off the top of my head, I, I don't even know how to tell you how many thousands of dollars this last year just on travel expense alone. But on a couple of different occasions, on a few different occasions in this last year, completely out of the blue, people have contacted us and said, I don't know everything you're going through, but I know that surely it it must be costing a lot. And God spoke to me and said to send you this check. Lisa can confirm this. We We don't owe anything on all that. Because it's been paid for by people, by people that have looked onto the situation elsewhere and said, I want to help you get that done. Listen, God will take care of you. I'm just trying to tell you that 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 when you're faithful in your tithe and you're faithful in your giving. Listen, I don't, even, I don't even want to go down the road to tell you one of the individuals that recently contacted us. I didn't know that, that we would ever have contact again. I didn't know that I would ever, ever in my life have any kind of connection with this one particular individual because of things that transpired in our distant past, but out of nowhere contact comes and said, God spoke to me. I'm talking about someone that doesn't even live for God. I'm not talking about someone that's in a church somewhere, that's heard me preach recently or even been in a service. I'm talking about someone that doesn't live for God. Someone that's outside of our church spectrum that just looks on and said, God spoke to me. I want you to know God will take care of you. My father exemplified giving before me and I made my mind up a long time ago tithing and offering is something that we don't negotiate it's what we do it's what we do with ten dollars it's what we do with a hundred dollars it's what we do with a thousand it's what we do with ten thousand God is faithful and I promise you there's nothing that he will not do to come through for you when things are on the line if you put him first And if you've been faithful, it's not hit and miss with Lisa and I. It's not, I'll give a little bit now and whenever I can, I'll give a little bit more down the road. Throughout our entire marriage, it's every time increase comes into our life. Every time increase comes into our life. And every time trying to be faithful to God when things were difficult in our life, God has already always come through. Let's give Him a hand clap of praise. My father exemplified this. 
My father traveled the world. My father went around the world many, many, many times. He went to India close to 50 times. He went to Africa, I think, close to 70 times. He went to more than 80 nations of the world. He preached around the world in every type of situation, and God always came through for him. I saw people that would walk up in churches, strangers, and say, how much was your last ticket to Africa? And he would say, 3500 or whatever, and they would write a check and give it to him. I saw God do that over and over and over again. When you walk by faith and when you love souls and when you give, you give like never before. God will always come through for you. But you bargain with God. You can't say, I'll do this this time and something else next time. Give your best. Give everything that belongs to Him. And you will never have to worry about Him taking care of you. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. He loved this verse. And He would always say, Heaped up. And running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. The same measure that you give out is how it's coming back to you. I want to give my best. I want to go to great lengths. Because I know there's going to be times I need God to come through in that same measure. And if I give, the Bible said, He'll come through that way. The last thing I want to talk to you about that stands out is my father's prayer life. Man. It was his secret source. <laughs> Not too secret to those who knew him. My father was a man of prayer. And you, you may have heard of people who pray extensively. But I can tell you, I grew up in a home of a man who prayed hours every day. Not minutes, hours. Hours on end. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, when family was gathered in the living room, he'd slip off to an office or to his bedroom and pray. Hours every day. It was something that he always did. It was something that everything about his life was covered and touched by. Prayer. He moved heaven with his prayer. Matthew 21, 22 said, And all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, Believing, you shall receive. All things, all things. My dad believed that. My dad lived that. He prayed for everything that would, would come across his life or mind. He prayed for people. He prayed for things. He prayed for situations. He prayed for revival. He prayed for souls. He prayed for miracles. He prayed for loved ones. He prayed for the lost. Romans 12, 9 says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, 
preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. My dad could pray anywhere, anytime, instantaneously, driving down the road, in a place of business, in a hospital, in a counseling session, in a conversation. It didn't matter. He could immediately begin to pray. Pray a prayer that would change situations, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. My dad went through so many things and was attacked in so many ways, but I never heard him talk bad about people. I never heard him gossip about individuals. I never heard him discredit or discount or in any way people or things or situations, even when he probably had a right to, even when he would have been justified in doing it. He never did it. He did not do it. He blessed them that persecuted him. He blessed and he cursed not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceable with all men. Oh, what verses. These are verses that describe my father. He didn't try to fight with people. He didn't try to quarrel with people. When he could have, he always tried to get around those things and live peaceable. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. How do you do that? How do you live that way? How do you conduct your life that way? Through prayer, being a person of prayer, live instant in prayer, being constant in prayer. If you're not a person of prayer, anything that happens, it'll start a fight in your life. You'll always be looking to defend, always be looking to pay them back, always be looking to get even, even with them. He said, do good to those that despitefully use you. Prayer causes you to live different. And when I see people who tell me they are individuals of prayer and I observe their life, that they're always mad, always fighting, always judging, always condemning, they are not people of prayer. Don't let them tell you their prayer for individuals when it's easy for them to slaughter people and slander people and judge people and kill people. I don't care how long they tell you they pray. If you're a person of prayer, you're not out to hurt others. You're not out to condemn. You're not out to even defend yourself. If you're a person of prayer, you leave it in the hands of God. And God fights your battles. It doesn't matter what kind of clothes they wear or what kind of name they have or what their position says. It doesn't matter. Prayer for pe- prayerful people live differently. My father lived differently. He was a man of prayer. Ephesians 6, 
says this, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor. Listen, you remember I read the verses to you? He came, this world, He came, He created it. They didn't know Him. He came to His own. They didn't receive Him, but to as many as received Him, to them gave He power. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Receive Him, accept Him, walk with Him, and let power come into your life. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. My father would tell me stories. He told me about first time he went to the Fiji Islands to preach a crusade there. He told me he had never been attacked by evil spirits like he was attacked there. And literally in the night, in the night, he said, I was picked up from my bed and slammed against the wall with things that I could not see. And he said, I fought for my life just to preach. Just to preach there. I saw my father the first time we went out of the country together in Haiti where there's a lot of witchcraft. And a lot of those that practice sorcery, magic. I saw my father pray, intercede hours on end and throughout the night just to be able to stand and deliver the Word of God because of such evil spirits. I remember staying in a little shack in the jungles of southeast India. We had driven hours and hours to get back into this jungle and my father would stay up throughout the night praying and interceding just to be able to survive our days there. Attack, spiritual attacks. The Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen. Darkness that comes in, feelings that overwhelm you and paralyzing fear that can get a hold of you. But it's against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of the world. I saw a man come up on the property of our church and uh, he had, this is is way back in the day before you heard of the things that happen now, seems like on a weekly basis, but a man came on the property of the church, had a rifle in his hand and he was coming after someone in the building, was coming in to kill someone And, and an usher ran to my father who was on the platform and he said, to my dad, there's a man in the church parking lot with a gun. This man is trying to get in the building. Pastor, what do I do? And I saw my father walk off of the platform and into the parking lot with a deranged man with a weapon in his hand coming there to kill. And I saw my father walk up in the name of Jesus and take the weapon from the man in the parking lot when everybody else was running for cover. I want to tell you there are powers that God will give you against the powers of this world that overcome 
No matter what it is. Listen, we're living in a dark hour. We're living in an oppressing hour. We're living in an hour where, 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 where the enemy of the church and the enemy of truth and the enemy of anything holy and godly is showing its head. But if we will follow in the steps of what I'm telling you today, my father was a man of prayer and God gave him power in situations that others would never even think about going into. We are wrestling against things we cannot see. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith isn't it interesting that when you just a few verses that I've read when you read about prayer that somewhere in the context of that you will always read about peace you will always read about following peace Prayer makes it possible. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always, praying always, praying always, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watch, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul's saying, when you pray, pray for me that I'll be bold. Pray that I'll say what I need to say to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds. I feel like my father was a living example of this. An ambassador in bonds. That wherein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now I've talked to you, and I want Lisa to come to my father's love for souls. I've talked to you about my father's manner of giving. And I've talked to you about his prayer. Our text said, we have been given power to become the sons of God. What we saw and what we find in the Gospels exemplified by Jesus is the very same kind of life that you and I can live today. If we take to heart the things that, that the Scripture describes and, and declares Without, without these things mentioned, okay? Without faith, without a love for souls, without giving, and without prayer, we cannot claim to be our Heavenly Father's offspring. Because Jesus lived those four things out before all man in a great, great measure somehow I had the privilege of living in a home of a man who just followed the example of Jesus and 
more than anything, I want to be my father's son. More than anything else in my life, I want to be a man of faith. I want to be a man that loves people. I want to be a giver. And I want to be a person of prayer. So my challenge to you today is to focus on the things that stand out the most to me about my father. And let that influence somehow change things for you. I'm here today because of my father's example. And maybe maybe you had an example like that or maybe you didn't. But I pray that God would let me be that example for you if you did. That if you'll be a person of faith, if you'll be a person that loves souls, if you'll be a person that's given to unconditional love and giving, non-negotiable, and be a person of prayer, I'm thankful for the life that I have and I owe it all to a father who exemplified it before me. And I pray that somehow this church can become maybe what you need in your life so your tomorrow will be better than your yesterday and your next week will be better than your last week and your next month will be better than your last month and your next year will be better than your last year. And I don't know if you'll get all the other things right, but if you'll focus on those few things that we've talked about today, I promise you things will get a whole lot better in your life. Let's stand together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let's honor him for a moment. Come on and put your hands together and give God just some praise here for a few moments.